Hey everyone, welcome to Origin Gates Podcast, Wisdom's Echo. I'm Rick Nivenace, and firstly I want to say it is such an honor and privilege for me to be a part of Origin Gate and the daily podcasts that are going out and reaching so many people across the globe. Like I stand in awe <laughs> and wonder just to behold what Yahweh is doing on the face of the earth. And for me and the time that we're living in right now, we are called to be massive influencers in every area that we have influence over. So as much as it just encourages my heart to be a part of this, what impacts me the most is to see what Yahweh is doing on the face of the earth and to see suns rising to their rightful positions and are beginning to behold the mysteries of Yahweh, that what has been revealed to us in this day so that we can start seeing the manifestation of the fullness of who we are and who we are meant to be being revealed in the midst of creation. So as I pushed record, it started pouring with rain <laughs> and I just love rain so much because there are so many testimonies that have happened within my life regarding rain. And when I begin to speak about stuff, creation responds. And for me, it starts raining when I begin to touch on stuff like I'm going to do in this teaching. So just engage with it, man. It's awesome. <laughs> But um, my heart for this podcast is to share a conversation that my wife and I had. And some of you will know my incredible wife, Melanie Nivenes. I'm so favored by Yahweh. <laughs> um, and she is amazing. And we got into a conversation that triggered something within me, a good trigger, uh, which led me on a thought process that I want to share with you today. But before I get into that, it would be good for me to read a portion of Scripture from John 17, verse 20. Now, we often refer to Matthew 6, verse 10 as the Lord's Prayer. But within that portion of Scripture, there's a confession of sin. And we know that Yeshua had none. So he was teaching the disciples how to pray. But the Lord's Prayer is actually John 17. And I want to read from verse 20. I want to share my heart regarding this. And then I'll get into the thought process that my wife and I were on, uh, which started to expand some things within my heart. So verse 20, it says this, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Very interesting in this because Yeshua is saying, as I am in you and you are in me, may they, which is you and I, also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Verse 22 says, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. Wow. So the glory that Yeshua has, he gave to who? To you and I. <laughs> Which again reminds me in 2 Corinthians 3, Paul makes this statement and he says that the glory that you and I will walk in will be so glorious that it will make the glory that was upon Moses 
looked like it was no glory at all. Come on, like this is the promise for us as sons to be walking out. Then in verse 23 of John, it says this, I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given to me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you have loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me. I've made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Like this is our promise as sons for us to be positioned in Yeshua and then as the new and living way. Hebrews 10 verse 19. Yeshua becomes the veil, his body that we step in through to behold the kingdom as sons. Then we can behold the splendor, the glory of Yahweh seated in heavenly places. And as we are beholding him, we are becoming the very reflection of the one that we are engaging with. Like that is what sons should be and should look like positioned in the midst of creation. So this is the part that I want to get to that came from a discussion that my wife and I had. We got to this conclusion that when one trades into the religious system and structure that is backed by the religious spirit, we then have an enemy. But as sons being positioned in Yeshua, seated in heavenly places, we should not have an enemy. So just hear my thought process in how I got here. When I look at those that have traded into the religious system and the structure that is backed by the religious spirit, the amount of warfare that I see in the church today is crazy. Like they are fighting, resisting, going after the enemy. And when I look at the life of Yeshua within scripture, he never went after any of those things. What was his mandate? to reveal and release the kingdom. That was his primary focus. And yet, when I look at the church today, and just hear where I'm coming from, okay? Like the church, we go after some of the stuff and we've, we're waging war with an enemy that is keeping the church so busy at present. Where I feel, as sons, we should behold what Yahweh has written upon our testimony scroll, that what needs to be revealed and released in the midst of creation. If that becomes our focus, if that becomes our responsibility to behold what Yahweh is doing and to see what he's doing and what he's written within us, to reveal that in the midst of creation, we will see a transformation. That what Paul wrote about in 2 Corinthians. Remember the glory that's going to be on us. It's going to be so glorious. And we are going from glory to glory, forever increasing. We are not going to see that manifest if we are focusing on what the enemy is doing. And then we 
are learning about the tactics of the enemy. We're going into Christian bookshops and we are buying books that are written that's teaching us about the demonic stuff. Like, come on, I'm just going, why are we wasting our time trying to figure out what the enemy's doing where we should be beholding what Yahweh is doing within us? Because that is where we're going to see the manifestation of the fullness of the kingdom that is positioned within us. That is where we're going to see it having massive impact over areas that we have influence over. So like going back to scripture, you know, when I look at the life of Yeshua and he walked on the face of the earth, like he didn't respond to, to situations and circumstances the same way I see Christians respond to situations and circumstances. Like, I, I mean... Even when I see what is currently happening on the face of the earth today and I listen and I hear the prayers of believers, I sometimes just go, man, like we are trying to plead our case to Yahweh. We, we are trying to, you know, say to him, like, don't you see what's going on down here, Yahweh? <laughs> like he doesn't know. Like when I see the life of Yeshua, that's not how he prayed. He went up. He beheld the face of Yahweh. He, he was seeing, beholding, sensing what was happening within him as a son, spending time with his father. Then when he came back into creation, he would then reveal, release, speak, manifest what he was beholding within the kingdom. And like, I can remember the one day, man, I was praying for a specific situation. And I was pleading with Yahweh because again, it, it's the only thing I knew how to do. I didn't have the access or the knowledge of what I currently have right now. But I was pleading with Yahweh for a specific thing. And I feel Holy Spirit speak to me in the moment, you know, when you are engaging and your, your voice is raised and you're just having a moment. And Holy Spirit speaks to my heart and He says, Sure, it looks like you've got more compassion over that situation than Yeshua does. And I went, oh man. And then he says to me, didn't Yeshua die for that? <laughs> and I had to really go back and go, oh yeah. <laughs> and all of this taught me that we are positioned within Yeshua. That should be the foundation of our salvation. Then from that place, we get to behold the kingdom. We get to engage in the kingdom. We get to stand face to face before Yahweh to engage in a co-laboring relationship, not getting caught up in the religious rituals, as I call them. You know, it's that whole mindset that we are on earth trying to navigate prayers to Yahweh so that if He hears them, He can come through the miracles, signs and wonders and attend to our prayer. That's not the way Yeshua taught us how to pray. He modeled what it looked like to be a son seated in heavenly places, strategically positioned in the midst of creation. And when Yeshua walked, he walked with this awareness and this responsibility that I have a mandate from Yahweh. And that mandate is to reveal and release the fullness of the kingdom that is positioned within me. And wherever I go, I'm releasing incredible breakthrough because I have become that seated with my father in heavenly places. 
So what would it look like? I'm just going to put it out there. If sons across the face of the earth started to navigate their rightful position as sons, being seated in Christ, and then to behold the kingdom realms, to, to see what Yahweh is doing, to behold what Yahweh is doing, and to become that, so that when we walk in the midst of creation, we have this responsibility. I'm releasing the will of my Father here in creation, not trying to resist the enemy. Here's the deal. You know, when I got into this conversation with my wife, and you can just imagine, we were just, we were just going for it, man. And there's one portion of Scripture in James 4 verse 7. And I thought that this would be the portion of Scripture that people would bring to me that would contradict what I've just said. And I want to read it for you in James 4 verse 7. It says this, Submit yourself then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So immediately I went to this portion of Scripture and I went, Oh man, well, you know, James is saying resist the devil. So that means we got to fight, right? So it kind of does contradict what I'm saying. And then I read the definition of what resist means. Now, there are two parts in the definition of resist. The first one means to fight. But the second one means to keep or to stop yourself from doing something. So let me elaborate a bit more on this. If I'm on a diet, for example, and there is a chocolate before me and it's calling my name, like some of you know what I'm talking about, like I will resist the chocolate because it's not going to be good for the diet that I'm on. Now, I'm not fighting the chocolate. I will just not have anything to do with the chocolate. And that is what resist means. So maybe we could read James 4 verse 7 in a different light. Submit yourselves then to God. Have nothing to do with the devil and he will flee from you. Because our mandate as sons is to behold in what is in the kingdom so that we can be transformed into the image of the one that we are beholding to become that. So that when we walk in the midst of creation, we are releasing and revealing that what we have become, not trying to resist trying to fight off, trying to see what the enemy is doing because what you behold, you become. And I've seen this for far too long within my life on the face of the earth. How Christians that are plugged into the religious system and structure, backed by the religious spirit, man, like the demonic stuff has kept the church busy for such a long time. Why? It's because that has become our focus. And then we start seeing breakthrough in certain elements and we go, oh man, we're on top of this thing. We shouldn't be engaging with it in the first place. Like, let's be honest. Like even demons came to Yeshua to plead with Yeshua. Please, like, just allow us to be cast out into the pigs so that we can go drown ourselves. Like, Yeshua walked with such an authority and he knew his position as a son that like he didn't resist. He didn't have an enemy. Let's be honest. Like they couldn't even kill him. Scripture says that he said that I give up my life. Oh, I hope this is, this is touching your heart somehow, some way. And that it could possibly transform the way you think about stuff. Because it has with me. You know, when we got into this conversation, I just went, man, we have so positioned our focus in the wrong area.
if we as sons or as we as, as believers could rather focus on the glorious freedom and liberty that is positioned within the kingdom realms and that we could behold what our Father's doing there. Oh man, I can tell you right now, that whole portion of scripture in Romans 8 that talks about creation that is waiting for the revealing of sons, we will see sons being revealed because the only way creation is going to go from bondage to decay into the glorious freedom and liberty is not by us resisting the enemy. It's not by us trying to fight the enemy. It's not even by us having an enemy. The way we're going to see that come into its completion is by sons being revealed. And the revealing talks about an unveiling so that we can behold who we are and who we have become so that creation can behold that instead of Christians being so busy and consumed by stuff happening around us. Oh, anyway, <laughs> well, I trust that this has really encouraged you. This was just a normal conversation that my wife and I had. <laughs> and um, I think at the end of the day, my heart is this, that as we as sons are engaging in our position, that we would understand that Yahweh has given to us the fullness of his kingdom and all that is within is positioned within us as sons. And our responsibility is to engage in the mandate that is written upon our testimony scrolls so that we can see it being revealed and released in the midst of creation. So from my house to yours, Shalom.